0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Uh, TGIF? Maybe a little bit, kind of, or not at all. Markets have been hitting highs on a regular basis, and look at that. The Dow Jones Industrial Average took out a new high yesterday, joining the S&P 500 at the NASDAQ. Now we wait for maybe, who else? A good question. Maybe we're waiting for the Russell 2000. <laughs> Anyhow, anyway, um, a lot of talk right now about Apple's new operating system the, coming out in the fall, which typically right around September, they do a big event of, hey, we're going to do a big event. Pay attention to us. We're going to do a big event. And that's when they release the new operating system. They show it to the public. They show it to the developers early on, as you know. That's typically back in June. Um, so at this point in time, it's about it out. The big feature is, is kind of what I wanted to get at here, is the big feature is going to be a privacy opt-in versus opting out. Right now, if you don't want to be tracked, you have to opt out. You somehow have to find Facebook and say, Facebook, let's opt out of this. That's one of the stories out there. Apple's operating system, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the president's wrap-up of the Republican National Committee, and now we convention, now we go marching heavily into the fall and the election season in proper, so to speak. Um, Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. So Apple, going back to Apple ever so quickly, you know, with Facebook, you can now opt in to do you want to be followed or not, which I, I think a lot of people are going to say, I don't want to be followed. So when you get those crazy cookies that like, I was looking at a Dell laptop and why are all my advertisements Dell laptops? Or I was looking at going to a ski resort and why are all my uh, ads? Now you're going to see it. It could be a multi-billion dollar hit to the valuation of Facebook. They didn't do their best to kind of get workarounds. They are going to do their best to try to show new product that could replace but one of the most attractive things about the Internet is we know who you are, how old you are, and where you're going, what you're interested in, so it's easier to serve ads to you. The Super Bowl gets 106 million eyeballs a day or a year or in one game. We don't know if those are 10-year-olds, 30-year-olds, male, female. We don't know if they're rich, poor, but the Internet kind of gives a little bit more information. So Facebook has launched an online event feature that lets businesses host paid online events and Facebook in the app has said Apple takes 30% of this purchase. And it's just getting kind of nasty. We'll talk about that in much much more. US consumer spending rose a moderate 1.9% in July. Those are recessionary type numbers. Close, close, close. They're not recessionary. They're not negative. But you want growth between 2 and 4%. Some people would say 3 is good, 2 is a little low, 4 is a little high. Remember spending increased 1.9% in July, a dose of support for an economy struggling right now. But we're moving closer. Yesterday, Abbott Lab said we could do rapid testing. Rapid testing means you can go to the airport in theory and get 99% accuracy in 15 minutes or less for five bucks. But there's going ha- to be some catches, right? So you saw all the reflating trades tied towards COVID go up yesterday as covid ends airlines hotels cruise lines you name it it should go up what should go down maybe some things that um we assumed would last longer we'll talk about that as we go through the show a persistent high level of confirmed viral cases has damaged several industries travel tours of entertainment Um, I like the idea of going to a movie theater, and I'll do this for poops and giggles. And if you want to give a COVID test for me for five bucks, I'll see a movie. Maybe, I don't know. See, now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm backtracking just a little bit. Nancy Pelosi says the White House and the Democrats are at a tragic impasse on a coronavirus stimulus after Pelosi a Meadows call yesterday. Um, She is a piece of work. And I say that not negative or positive. I'm not political. Not allowed to be political on this show. Um, But she's kind of getting vengeful. She's saying things like, you know, if Democrats get enough control, I'm going to release these taxes personally. I'm going to post them on my website. And she's like, whoa. She didn't really say that, but that's what it feels like. So Republicans are considering a more narrow $500 billion proposal to address unemployment insurance and small business loans. Nancy Pelosi said tragic impasse. 25-minute phone call with uh, Mark Meadows, the House Chief of Staff. So that's one of the stories that could move the market maybe a little bit. Are you with me against me? Uh, if we get a little bit more stimulus. Now, again, half a billion is a lot less than a bill, uh, trillion, or 500 billion is a lot less. You can kind of see where there's some problems. The S&P 500's up 6, the Dow up 48, the NASDAQ up 62, the Russell 2000 higher as well. Um, I want to say there's a big conviction on Wall Street today. But the Russell's doing nice. It's kind of nice to see. Chipotle will have more than 6,000 restaurants in the future, so this is the CEO talking about expansion, not contraction. He wants to open up, quote, a heck of a lot more. That's growth. Wall Street values things in very funny ways. Sometimes it's on growth. You don't have to have earnings. Sometimes it's on earnings. You don't have to have growth. Sometimes it's growth and earnings slash income. And the valuations that we are given a growth company, we may say, well, it's worth 40 times future earnings, whereas an income stock that can't really grow the revenue will say, well, they're worth 10 times. So value is lower, is a place lower on something along the lines um, of income, and maybe rightfully so. So Chipotle CEO Brian Nicol, oversees 2,700 burrito stores, is what I call, what I call them, Chipotle Lane, I don't know. What do you call your, uh, your trip to the Mexican grill? But their stock is up 400% since Yum Brands Marketing Wizard took over the chain back in February of 2018. Again, you could have had the stock way cheaper when there was not COVID-related news. Well, there was COVID-related news this, this time around. But when they get into health scares... You look at health scares as, oh, that must be bad for the stock. I look at health scares as it creates a buying opportunity. Is it bad for the stock? So I follow up, is it bad for the stock later? Um, Because I've seen too many of these things come back. Anyhow, uh, recalls were their big thing and pandemic probably wasn't great at the start. A phony economy, this is a great headline this morning, a phony economy attended the GOP convention. Talking about how great the economy was. Kudlow, man, this is as political as I'll get. Um, he walks the party line, always. Larry Cudlow, economic advisor. Um, elsewhere out there, Hurricane Laura is causing billions of damage on the Gulf Coast. I automatically think Home Depot and Lowe's, but there's other more granular plays if you really want to dig into them. Uh, uh, help me, batteries, generators. Genevac is one of them that you could take a look at because people go, oh, I won't have power back for a week. I know we live in a world country that's pretty dominant economically speaking and some people lose power for a week and then they buy a generator and they never actually have another chance to use it. But it is... The story that won't go away. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Find me also at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black. talking all things financial, thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, you know, a lot of times I get hyper-focused on some of the newest things in investing. And, you know, we probably we talked a little bit about marijuana stocks too much two years ago. We probably talked a little bit about COVID stocks too much. Um, but I think we've been spot on. I think we've um, nailed the analysis on the show. So I, I appreciate you being involved and being patient with me. Fed Chairman Powell spoke yesterday and it was overhyped. He said something about inflation, the U.S. dollar index tanked for a minute and then it bounced. It was a weird intraday kind of reversal. I thought it was going to be a bigger deal. Maybe I bought into the overhype. With that said, I think it was incrementally positive, I'd like to build a case and I'll say I like five things about a company. What, what five things? Just name me any five things. I'm like, let's build that. Okay, so let's go with NVIDIA. Got a legendary CEO. That's good. Got revenue growth year over year. Got earnings growth year over year, even in COVID, which is an important thing to say out loud. How did the company do on 9-11? How did the company do during COVID? How did the company do with a Democrat president? How did the company do with a Republican? So I got three things that I like so far, CEO, revenue, um earnings, then I, I go, okay, let's you know when the market's down 20%, what is it it down? 10 or thirty? That's kind of important for me to watch. I want to look at margins. I want to look at cash. Does the company have more cash this year than last year? Is the company paying a dividend? Are they raising the dividend? Or are they cutting the dividend? You got to kind of make a case. Now, some things you could say automatically like I like it because they're a company in the United States and it's part of capitalism. You can go off the data center angle. You can go off the uh, GPU angle. Um, I'll tell you one company that I I'm going to be looking for in th- this weekend will be something to do with exercise. As we're starting to say, hey, that rapid test is a good thing. Maybe we can go back to gyms and gyms will they'll raise the price. You know, two bucks a, year, a month and you'll get unlimited COVID testing when you go there. Rapid testing cost them five bucks. They'll they'll throw it into your extra 20 bucks. They'll they'll assume that you're going to join the gym back in and you're going to drop right back out. So I like what I'm seeing. S&P 500 is having a ridiculous August. It's been up 15 out of 19 days. Now, again, we've taken out the all time highs there, but there's kind of a momentum in the world of baseball. This would be the greatest S&P 500 run ever. It's up 79% of the time in August. Again, I'm not saying it's the greatest ever. Don't put words in my mouth. Don't try to make meaning out of that more than it is. But August, please don't leave us. It's August 28th and it's gonna leave us. So August was a good month. Um, A lot of people don't like buying the markets between May and September, May and October. Uh, sell in May and go away, is the idea of, It's just not a lot of volume, there's not a lot of conviction, but think of it this year, if you had said, I'm going to be out until October. Oh, that was a dumb one. Now, the years that it it works out well for you, you're like, hey, good. They say a lot of the gains in the Wall Street are made in the last three months of the year, October, November, December, and January, February, March. Um, a lot because of budgeting issues where we spend a lot of money in October, November, December. Corporations, they if you're in charge of marketing or if you're in charge of corporate travel or if you're in charge, you go, well, I've got this budget that's going to run out in 31 days, so we better use it now. There's a little bit of money flush. I don't buy into that. So... I think in some things in life you can cherry pick. If I was a college football program, I would say, hey, let's play some Division two teams. Let's go pick on those losers. I don't think you can do that on Wall Street. I don't know if that was a good example or enough of an example, but cherry picking, you, you, I, 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 I'm in all year. I'm in for 40 years. So, and as I get older, I'll, I'll cut those numbers down. So I was, I'm not going to say all growth, but I think it was all growth for probably 20 years. And as I get a little bit older, I'm like, eh, hey, can we add some income? Anyhow, Fed Chairman Powell was a big story yesterday. Not so much today. What was interesting yesterday that it's more fascinating to me today is we know Microsoft in the bid for TikTok. We know Oracle wants in, but wasn't Walmart just a kind of what? Walmart announced that it's partnering with Microsoft and hopes to get into the TikTok world. It's a potential relationship. That would be interesting, and you have to start asking yourself a lot of questions. Partnership with Microsoft, so you start there. Um, Does Amazon and Microsoft hate each other? I don't think so, so let's flesh this out a little bit more. Microsoft would add key functionality and provide Walmart with an important way to reach and serve omni-channel customers, as well as grow third-party marketplace and advertising business. There's a bit of a rub right there. Walmart wants to advertise to you. And who spends money? TikTok users. Kids. Man. Am I right? Or am I right? And there is a big word in there called omnichannel, And you might have learned it in business school. You might not. It's a cross-channel content strategy. It organizes behind the concept of improving the user experience with a better relationship with the audience and your product. It doesn't, uh, rather than working in parallel, communication channels and their supporting resources are designed and orchestrated to to cooperate. So the more I thought about TikTok and Walmart, the more it made sense. It doesn't make sense. You go, Walmart, isn't that kind of... And I'm going to be a little bit racy here when I say this. Ooh, he's going to say something controversial. You may look at Walmart as, aren't they the big retailer for middle class, lower middle class, lower class? Kind of. I think that's been their demographic in media, but I have no shame in going to Walmart. I've gotten many things from Walmart. I know you're saying, did you buy a trolley motor at Walmart? How did you know? I know, you're saying, you water ski like Chad? No, 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 no. A trolling motor is a little motor that goes super, super slow, and it takes away the oars from you for a couple of minutes. And uh, one thing I've lost in COVID is muscle mass. (laughs) So I don't want to oar, don't want a row, row or I don't want to paddle around it. So anyway, I bought them from Walmart. There's no shame in it. But omnichannel implies integration and orchestration with channels, and I kind of like that for Microsoft Walmart combo. I don't think I have to go too much deeper than that. <laughs> Excuse me, I think I had the COVID, boss. Um, TikTok operations are valued at thirty billion, and again, for Microsoft to serve the ads that Walmart wants you to see and know their customers, it. it It makes sense. Keep the cameras rolling, kids, because Walmart's coming to you, I think. I think they're going to be able to pull this off. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Hey, everyone have a good weekend this weekend, but we still got more show today coming right at you right after this. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hello, 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 I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. In my industry, there's something called compliance, and let me tell you a quick lesson on compliance. I am thinking about buying a stock, and because I do a radio show and TV, I'm starting back on Crown on Monday, 9.15 um, in the morning, and I'll post it on my Facebook page, but it's neither here nor there. Invite yourself to, I hate Rob Black, it's my... My true fans are on I Hate Rob Black. My good fans are on Cron 4 Rob Black. But um, so here is what compliance is all about. I'm looking at a stock that I wanna buy for my own self. Not necessarily for clients, not necessarily for you know radio fame. I'm not gonna send out in a newsletter, hey, look what I bought. I'm not allowed to do that and get on the air and say, hey, this morning I bought, because I'm already in. And then you start following me. So I have to wait three days. Uh, but I came up with an idea yesterday. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to stick with it. Um, I'll know later this day, today, but I can't talk about it. Someone like CFP Chad Burton, he'll take a look at, you know, hey, what did you see on radio? Did you front run this? You're not allowed to front run. I'm not allowed to invest in, say, a company that does yogurt and talk about it on air without disclosing that I invested in a yogurt company. And... I know people that do. Um, So that's compliance. And again, you may never see that. You may never know that. But the industry does have a little bit of policing that's good. And every now and then you find out people in the industry are bad. There was a report that I read a couple weeks ago about uh, an RIA firm. And RIA is a a wide title, registered investment advisor. RIA could be a CFP firm too and typically they might have CFPs or CFAs working there, maybe some tax accountants, you get the idea. But they were taking money from clients to, like, buy cars. And that's when you know it's a bad relationship. Let me give you a quick compliance lesson. I should never ask you for money. I should never invest in anything you've invented if we have a client relationship. Compliance is a tricky, tricky beast because you're like... Well, my client has a, a new monitor that does blood sugar testing and all you do is spit on it and it tells you if you're going to die or not. It's like, can't do it. Creates false expectations, hopes, and uh, people get burned that way. So this RIA firm somehow was buying cars for elderly clients. <laughs> maybe it was a service they added in, maybe it wasn't, but I think they were driving them for a year and then delivering them to the client later. That's what it looks like, and again, I'm not a detective, and I, d- I did not read the case, but it was a big thing like, all right, hey, firm fined $2 million for stealing from clients to buy cars and re- give, gave them, a- I'm like, whoa, you almost have to be pretty naive to do that. If a financial planning firm ever asks you to write a check to a personal name or anything that's not an account linked with your name with like a TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Vanguard, you should come ask your children. You should come ask me, is this legit? Why am I writing this to the First National Bank of Wahoo? Wow! Um, speaking of First National Bank of Wahoo, but yeah, you should never ever, don't let your mom and dad, don't let anyone, you know, start writing random checks to non-accounts that have your name on it. That's, I, I, I don't want to blame Darwin here. But I think you get in the Darwinian wood chipper if, you, if you're writing checks to people in their names and expecting it to end well. But again, that's a big, big, big topic. So did you know I was once up for spokesperson? Um, I went and I tried out, and they ended up going with a cartoon character. That's how bad I was at my tryout. Um, it was for e like, hey, you know, we could buy advertising on your show. You could, you know, say you're an that view. you. Not only do I use it, but I invest in the guy. Like I could do all the disclosures that I had to do. And I tried out to be a spokesperson. I, I just wanted to try. And let's say this. I failed miserably to the point that they hired a cartoon female ninja. <sighs> that one still sits with me. Now, with that in said, at one point in time, the future of America was online. When I started my TV show, it was 30 minutes a day. And let's just put it there, there's not a lot of appetite for that. And I was going up against Bob Barker. Bob Barker and The Price is Right. And I beat him. I beat that old man before he retired, and I was stoked. It took a while, but I did. So I got a losing story and I got a winning story. Now, the winning story, I'm not just saying it to be vain. I'm telling you that more Americans would rather watch The Price is Right than talk about finances. And that is a sad truth, and that's why I do this show. I'm going to drag a couple of you to retirement. I know I already have done it. I get feedback from people saying, thank you for all you've done for 20 years. Here's an interesting investment play. I don't own it, but it's interesting. Vail Resorts shared a letter laying out the plan for the upcoming ski season. Now, they own, I think, something like 10 ski resorts, hotels in there, too. So it's not a pure play on ski resorts. But when the resorts open... Keystone can open November 6th. Reservations will be required and season pass holders will get first priority. Social distancing rule will be in effect on chairlifts and gondolas. Things can always change, but it is possible that at some point during this season, we look at these ideas. I've got a COVID play reopening in my head that I want to go after. I haven't thought about Vail yet. Um... I think there's a lot of uncertainties with Vale versus the one that I'm thinking about. Because you're also going for vacation, you're going for skiing, but vacation, you're probably going for flight. So there's a couple more variables there that I don't necessarily like, but that's a great idea to look at because if you go back to March, this was a $245 stock that went all the way down to 130 essentially cut in half. Anytime a stock goes up 100%, I believe it can go back down 40%. So the more upside you've seen in a company like an Apple, if Apple were to correct 40%, I would be shocked, but I'd say that's fair. They've had an amazing run. Because of the size of them and the popularity, I think a 20% pullback wouldn't shock me at all. You value companies a little bit differently. They all go down 50%. That's probably too much. If you think COVID's going to get played out, if you think people are going to go back to work, if... And again, I've been talking to some experts like, I don't think things are getting better. But the anecdotal evidence is starting to get better. Um, Again, I'm still not going into restaurants. So Vale kind of freaks me out because I'd love to go to some of the restaurants in Vale when I'm not skiing. I'd love to sit up at a bar and sit by a fireplace with a hot toddy. Look at all the good-looking people and the good-looking ski clothes. You know where I get all my ski clothes? Thrift stores in the ski town. Because someone got there bought a lot of stuff and gave up on it. You can get yours, you get the spouse, you get the kids, and you can get it for meh, $400 jacket for like $40. bucks. i am in with that. I'm in with that. I know you're saying, you must be stylish. Not so much. But it's a good value money tip. Uh, and if you go during the summer or the spring, that's typically the best time as people are cleaning out their closets. Um, NBA players will reportedly resume the 2020 playoffs. Um, that's an interesting story because yesterday I was like, whoa, didn't see that one coming don't know if you're with me or against me the Federal Reserve and Jerome Powell the first Federal Reserve member that I really cared about was Alan Greenspan and Volcker I was a little bit too young for to know his his policies but Volcker was kind of, he did a good thing of fighting inflation And Greenspan, I think, did a good thing of getting the Federal Reserve into the 21st century. Alan Greenspan, he's not the best looking man. He's kind of wrinkly and got a lot of fleshy skin, but you'll remember him when you see him. He looks like a frog. Um, But speaking of the Federal Reserve, the internet bubble and the subsequent crash isn't lost on me. And we got a little bit of market history focusing in on irrational exuberance. It was a phrase that Greenspan turned that Right now, I feel, are we in irrational exuberance? Did I not just say, I hope August never ends because it's been the best August ever, up 76% of the days it's trading? That's a little irrational. Tech stocks, oh boy, they're nice. Tesla up 400% year-to-date. Apple up 60% year-to-date. Facebook up 40% year-to-date. Amazon up 75% year-to-date. Let's not even get involved with the Zooms, but... Is this different than the internet bubble that we saw in the 2000s? Fed chairman at the time was a guy named Alan Greenspan, and he gave a speech in the December of 1996, three years before the NASDAQ topped and crashed, and he called the market irrational exuberance, especially the tech stocks. We know what he was talking about. It wasn't a secret. It took three more years for the market to crash. He was early to the tune of 300% on the NASDAQ. And what he said was clearly low, sustained low inflation implies less uncertainty about the future. Lower risk premiums imply higher prices of stocks and other earning assets. So inflation is a risk that you have to pay for with a premium to fight against it, is what he was saying. He says, I can see that in an inverse relationship exhibited by the price-to-earnings ratio. So he talked about the rate of inflation. He talked about prolonged contractions in Japan. And uh, I was watching a podcast last night. It was pretty fascinating. Um, I don't know if I want to share it because I've only watched one episode. But they talked about inflation. and These rich people, they're ruining the market because we used to get 20% corrections. But now the rich people are like, it's down 10%. That's my buying opportunity. Just put me in. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And it used to play out a little bit more dramatically. Interesting stuff. So Greenspan was about three years too soon for people like me who are saying, this seems a little too far, too fast. It seems too good to be true. It'll last another three years. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Ramping up some new media production later this year, early next year. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I hope you liked my little explanation of Omnichannel. I think I'm pretty close to accurate on explaining why Walmart would partner with Microsoft to go after TikTok. Microsoft can get into more ad serving. Walmart can get into more consumers, younger consumers, which we need to constantly replenish in business. Um, CFP Chad Burton and, and the financial planning world has been, I think, largely skewed to people over 40 who are wealthy. But then you saw some things like Wealthfront come along and they're like, hey, we'll do financial planning. If you got $1,000, we'll help you. Um, it's tough to do that. It's tough to do that and make money in the world, but it's always about getting that new consumer down the road. My producer, pretty smart guy, pretty smart guy. And I don't say that often, and I'm impressed with people's intelligence, but I find it kind of sexy. I'm not saying he's sexy. I'm just saying I find it kind of sexy. So it's something I notice in people. Um, I could have a conversation about the greatest book you ever read. If I can't have a conversation with you about the greatest book you ever had, and it used to be my opening line when I'd meet people, I'm like, you know, what's a good book for me to read? And you could instantly tell on people, right? So anyway, replacing the consumer is an important concept. In the 1980s, you saw Japan rise to power. They were a world economic number one. Everyone wanted to be what Japan had in the stock market. They had semiconductors. They had technology. They had media companies. Right place. Perfect for the 80s. And then their society got old. Of note, the longest-serving prime minister of uh, is the prime minister of Japan, uh, Shinzo Abe, is retiring due to health reasons. So there will be a. And trust me, I don't understand foreign politics. I, I get our two-party system. I, I get Australia's got like nineteen. I don't know when the English ever have elections. I don't quite get it. Um, I don't really want to. My brain's full. So it's 92 percent. I got to leave a little bit of room for other stuff to learn. But the consumer got old in Japan and they tend to take care of their older people better than the United States. We're like, ah, we got Social Security for you, but you got to wait longer to get it. Um, So their society kind of lost its world dominance, world power. And, you know, you go from number one to number two, and then they drop to number three and comes Germany. We see a little company country out there called China, who's like number seven on the list, number six on the list, number five on the list, number four. China will eventually be number one. The interesting thing to start thinking about here is immigration issues. One of the reasons the United States has such a full, healthy, round economy is we let people come from other countries to do a lot of the jobs that we don't typically want to do ourselves. That's oversimplification, but immigration has been a good uh, glide path, a career path um, for the low-end jobs to become middle-level jobs. And that's as much as I'm going to say because I'm probably saying too much, and I'm probably showing political bias or something like that, and I'm not trying to. This show, I promise you, if you come in, I'm not going to freak you about – I'm not going to tell you about vitamin E's. I'm not going to tell you about – Cortisone levels. I'm going to talk to you about getting you to retirement. And Japan was an interesting lesson because their society got older. Now, do they probably sell more pharmaceuticals there? Yes. But the older you are, the less you consume. Classic example. Um, my grandfather, not my blood grandfather, but an in-law, I guess, is something you would say. Um, as he got older, he would eat half- a piece of bacon, and one egg for breakfast. And that was it. And like gone are the days of the three egg omelets and orange juice and coffee, and oh, I'll take some bread with that, and as you get older, you consume less, both physically and and economically. Um, That's the typical person. I'm not speaking for the typical people. You get the idea. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can and we'll talk about on this show. Um, Salesforce reported killer earnings this week. The cloud computing company saw its earnings rise 118% revenue, up 29%. They raised their full year revenue guidance. I find that fascinating because at least three tech companies that I know have said, you don't need to come back to work until June 2021, July 2021, or August 2021. It's in that range for different companies. And how are they reporting these records? But interesting to note, Salesforce quietly also said, we're firing a thousand people. You say fire, I say right size. That sucks, right? People like me, we know the largest cost of doing business is people. And if they're able to hit all time highs without having people in their offices now or through August, I'm like, yeah, they could probably downsize a little bit or right size, lay people off, send them to the unemployment line, you get the idea. It's part of what comes with Wall Street. Speaking of Wall Street, the anti-Wall Street CEO is there. Palantir Technologies came public this week. They do business with the CIA and other government agencies. Their CEO hates Silicon Valley. They're saying the engineering elite of Silicon Valley may know how to make software, but they do not know more about society and how it should be organized or what justice requires. That's a pretty bold statement of hate. You don't have to be hating on the Bay Area players. Apparently they do. Jeff Bezos, $165,000 mansion. No, 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 no. $165 million mansion. David Geffen has a $200 million yacht. Does that ever, like, stop and you go, whoa. That's pretty impressive. There's a company now that lets you buy into boats and buy into mansions. It's, they also let you buy into like fine art. I'd be careful. I'm caution on the side of caution. I err on the side of caution. Um, let's see, how do I say this better? I'd rather wait. Like I told you I signed up for Robinhood just to see how long the paperwork process took or the onlining took. And the answer was, it was too easy. And they, I almost, again, the whole Opting in, opting out. I almost wish there was more boxes that you could check. Um, but yeah, buying art. I looked into a company last week that allows you to buy into fine art, like Banksy. You know, that it should go up better than the market because historically it's gone up better than the market. I'm still a little leery. Their sales force is very aggressive with me. I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Twitter, robblackshow. Show. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. And that's about it. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. After-